A research team in Antarctica is hunted by a shape-shifting alien that assumes the appearance of its victims. I that's it. That's that's it. That's, it. <laughs> that's all you Based get. Based on all that's all you get. Just watch this fucking movie. <laughs> we watch the thing, roll the music. Welcome back to Action Action, the podcast that watches all the action movies and then we put them on our list that is up to 160 something. I think this is 149, uh, isn't it? 149. Oh, I thought we were like 127, 68? 127, 68. Yeah, we're not there yet. No. I thought we were in our 160s. No, one f- episode 149. 149. Hi. Hi, audience. Hello. Hey. I'm John. With me as always is James. The house cat. Meow. <laughs> and oh Dustin. God. The snake. I'm not doing fucking noises for you. I'm not dancing for you. <laughs> I like this house cat bit though. Yeah. <laughs> um. Hey guys, what's up? Hey. Hey. Hi. Hi. You guys uh, enjoying the season? <laughs> oh shit! Can we do this one more time? Yeah. We can keep. We can. We can keep this part. We just need to do the opening part one more time because I didn't say it's Spooktoberfest. That doesn't matter. Ah. F- now you're right. Throw it out. It's keep gonna, going. It's gonna have the spooky music. <laughs> I screwed up, guys. I didn't say it was Spooktober. Yeah, it's uh, spooky. It's pretty spooky out there, mostly because everybody's dying of COVID. <laughs> Everybody is dying um, of COVID. Mostly in America. Yeah. So yeah, that's a spooky place. It's a pretty spooky place. Some would say it was a graveyard. Spooky, spooky stuff um, going on over there. It's true. So stay safe in Spooktober. <laughs> Don't haunt the podcast. Uh yeah. Mm-hmm. October's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> weather's changing. Horror movies, leaves, pumpkin spice, leaves, pumpkin spices pumpkin everywhere. Spice. You guys like pumpkin spice? I know that's probably a really cliche question, but like, I don't even know if I've tried anything pumpkin spice to be honest. Um, no, I don't. It's a hard no from James. Yeah, from oh. the house cat. Have you tried it? I don't even like pumpkin pie. Well, apparently, so. pumpkin spice tastes nothing like pumpkin. What's well, just sugar? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Just throw some orange sugar in that. It's like yeah. cloves and shit. Cool. Is it like chai tea? Because I hate chai tea. Oh, All right. Man, chai oh, tea's okay. Awesome. Racial. Um, what? <laughs> uh, anyway, so it's it's October. So Dustin, I'm sure you have at least one thousand movies. To yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to? Can you slim it down to one hit and one miss? Yes, I think so. Uh, hit, uh, let's see, uh, last weekend, Gene, my, my wife and I, we went to the drive-in and caught, uh, an American werewolf in London, a late show. That was fun. Uh, classic, one of the best werewolf movies for sure. Nice. Definitely the best werewolf transformation ever yeah. in a movie, yeah. I gotta say. I've never actually finished the movie to in my embarrassment. I have seen the first half of it. I've seen mm-hmm. the transformation and it's yeah, so fun. It's movie. so, it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oh, maybe that's not a maybe the next one isn't isn't really a miss. It's not a great movie, but I watched this movie called Ticks last night. 
I uh, posted about it on our Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's pretty funny. It's like goofy 90s horror. It's produced by Brian Yuzna, who produced like Reanimator and a lot of Stuart Gordon's movies. And he also directed uh, Society, which is one of my favorite movies. What's that? Society? It's a joke. Okay. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so uh, it's a, it's like a creature feature, like a throwback to 50s creature features where Clint Howard is growing weed and the stuff he's using in it for his hydroponics gets on these tick sacks and then they mutate and come in they, they get really big and they are super bloodthirsty and uh when they bite you you start hallucinating and stuff this stars uh teenage seth green hmm. as like a grunge kid it's a bunch of troubled kids at this camp and then the ticks start attacking mm-hmm. and uh alfonso ribeiro is like a hardened la street kid in this see they call me panic because i never do how about you? Oh, so okay. he's like, a, he's a street tough. He's a street tough in this in this movie. <laughs> so it was really funny to see him in that role. Um, this is a really entertaining movie, and it gets really goopy and gross as it uh, more and more as it goes along. So nice. It was pretty fun. Uh, for bad movies, let's just do a counterpoint real quick. I watched John Carpenter's Vampires from 1998. We're about to talk about Carpenter's The Thing. You should have saved that for the ending. You, you could have popped back in at the end. Oof. And been like, hey guys, just, I want to pop back in with a uh, with what? a uh, a it's bad good, movie. It's a good note. And then it would have been a good <laughs> segue. Segue. But now I'm just gonna go like this. So yeah, what? we the, talk. We're the gonna, thing. We're gonna talk about the thing now. So anyway, the va- vampire. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, this is unfortunately like when he starts getting starts kind of losing. The goodness. Losing the touch. Yeah, it's James Woods, um, Daniel Baldwin. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the worst Baldwin. James Woods. Well, well, you've also got the the Christian right. Like, James Woods. Well, well James, he's, James Woods. He's very now. conservative. I don't know if he's Christian, but. They're all the fucking same. <laughs> uh, I, I don't mind James Woods as an actor. He's definitely a piece of shit uh, in real life. But um, it's just a bad movie. Like. It's got a really boring, gothy vampire bad guy. It's uh, the priest. There's this priest character that teams up with James Woods, and he's just like super bland and uninteresting. Does he kick ass for the Lord? Yeah, basically. The only thing that's good about this movie is the effects are by uh, K&B, which is Kurtzman, uh, Nicotero, and... Oh, shit, I forget the last guy's name. Maybe Burns or something like that. Um, Greg Nicotero is does like he did all the stuff for walking dead and like all the visual shit he does. He's, he's done tons of effects work, but yeah. Um, so the only thing good is the gore and the effects in it. Like the movie itself, the story is just dog shit. So, so yeah. So uh, thankfully we're going to, we're going to talk about the thing in a minute and that'll, that'll change the mood about Carpenter. What you, James, what did you watch? Ah, I watched, uh, Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Hello, hello. seasonal classic yeah i haven't seen it like since i was a kid basically yeah i don't think i have either and uh it's a great halloween kids movie people fucking love that movie. yeah um I there's watched- an article that just came out actually it was I clicked uh it's like clicked and i saved to read later it was like how a like a box office 
office bomb and like a critically panned movie has become a Christmas, uh, sorry, a Christmas, a uh, Halloween classic yeah. since then. Yeah, it's funny uh, these movies, like the shelf life, uh, things change. Well, the thing, we're going to talk about the thing, and it's the same story. Oh, another segue. Um, <laughs> I'm just throwing out segues. We, uh, <laughs> yeah, we started watching it the same, the movie too. I think my kids are a little bit too young. Yeah, my kids didn't watch it. So they were like, I, I watched it with uh, Matthew, our younger brother. So I watched that, and I also watched uh, Zombieland Double Tap. Oh, the second one? Yeah, I've already seen it, but. Janine hadn't seen it, so I had to watch it again. (laughs) Is it any good? Yeah, Yeah, it's all right. Has some good bits. Yeah, some good bits. Yeah, it's charming. Yeah. Is there a celebrity? They waited, waited, they waited way too long. It's one of those sequels where it's like you should have done this like two or three years after the first one. I'm sure they wanted twelve years after. Is it that long after the first one? Well, I'm just throwing a number out there, but it's twelve years. Wow, you heard it here. Twelve on the dot. Is there a celebrity cameo in it? Bill Murray at the end. Oh, he's back. In the credits. Okay. That's right, yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, I'm going to watch Ernest Scared Stupid tomorrow. Nice. So, uh, I'll let you know how that goes. (laughs) Ten years, by the way, between the two. Okay. You were way off. Fucking idiot. (laughs) Twelve? Fucking moron. John, what did you watch? Uh, To keep up with kids' movies... My f- twins, my three-year-old twins, mm-hmm. have become obsessed with The Nightmare Before Christmas. Making Christmas, making Christmas, it's so fine. It's ours this time, and won't the children be surprised? Oh, really? They fucking love this movie <laughs> so much. It's on Disney+, Plus, so they just love it. Do you think that's going to lead to them having confused feelings about Christmas? <laughs> I that's the sure whatever I couldn't care less Dustin what do you know about having kids man I don't know it's just you know when you start mixing things like that that aren't supposed to go together are they gonna want all the toys and yeah when you start when you start um I mean this kind of crass way to say it but holiday mixing uh you know you kind of you kind of blur the lines, like you kind of like blur the purity of yeah. of one holiday right. over right. another. Like Dustin's I'm not a saying, that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that all holidays shouldn't exist. I'm just saying that holidays should stick to each other's holidays. Right? Yeah. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of purity, I uh, <laughs> wow. I finished watching The Boys. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Dustin's favorite character got kind of jacked up. Yeah. Uh, did you finish watching it, Dustin? I haven't even started the second season. It it was uh, fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. So I actually listened to a really uh, interesting uh, interview with like the show creator mm-hmm. on I forget the name of the podcast, uh, but they talked about the final scene. Not to yeah. give anything away, mm. but the final scene. Do you know? Do you, do you remember what it is? What? Homelander standing. Oh yeah, yeah. Over the city. Yeah. So that scene was actually filmed for the first season. Oh. And Amazon wouldn't let it. They're like, no, you can't do that. Why? And then Fucking in the second season, in the second season, they're like, we need a real big like. For this like pop, for this like 
final scene. And he's like, I got the perfect thing. And he didn't mention that it was like something that was cut earlier by, right. by the studio. Right. And he brought it back and they're like, fucking love it. And then it's the final scene in the second season. That's hilarious. Yeah. Also, I found out there's a spinoff that's coming out. Really? Yeah. Uh, the he, he said the name of the, the writer, but it's like the writer that brought you like uh, something and in the second season, the whale. Getting, oh, yeah, yeah. Is writing a. Uh, is it called the New Mutants? No, it's <laughs> it's it's pretty much like a uh, like a Professor X's like school for gifted students. Oh, except okay. for it's for from what I understand. But it's it's like a whole like mutant kids. Not mutant, well, but... Well, there was one sort of side volume of the boys' comic book that was sort of like that. Which one? That was... I, I own was them like, all. I think it was like the fifth book or something of the series was sort of a... They go to an X-Men type school. School, yeah. So anyway, there's a whole other show. Apparently it has a whole different feel, different everything, but like it's going to be... They're kind of making this like blowout to be like a whole universe. Okay, yeah. So... People love those so universes. Who um, or what company is the boys? Comic? Oh, yeah. I think it was Dynamite. Dynam- yeah, I always say IDW, but it's Dynamite. Okay, so what other comics do they have? Oh, shit. Put me on the spot. I think Irredeemable was Dynamite. I mean, I don't know. It's it's all indie titles, right? Like, they're not Marvel and DC, the big titles. I'm just wondering what the universe is going to... It don't, well, no, no, those, it, it, those it, don't touch each other yeah. in the comic books. Like... Like Garth Ennis's The Boys doesn't can include characters from other people's comics in that company. Right. Okay. No, they're cre- like they're each creating their own. World, oh, I right? see. Yeah, they're creating their own. They're creating their own world. I mean, even Image, especially in the early days, had interconnected stuff like so Spawn existed, but like there was a team book like Young Blood, and that Young Blood characters would show up in Spawn or vice versa. Oh, I see. Savage Dragon. Some of these books, like Witchblade and stuff, they'd cross over. But, yeah, most most of the independent stuff now, like, it's not all part of the same world or whatever. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just scrolling through Dynamite titles. It's super fucking weird. Um, it's so many things like Kiss. <laughs> oh, yeah. The band. Right. Uh, the Green Hornet. Oh, yeah, Green Hornet. Kevin Smith had written, uh, written that for a like while. Like James Bond. Like tons of like other yeah, things, properties, in other properties like uh, Sonya, I think. They so do. a lot Game of like one off Game stuff. of Thrones, John Woo. Oh yeah, John Woo. The comics? Seven Brothers, um, more Garth Ennis stuff like Battlefields and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. But like, it's like a World War Two uh, series, which I have read parts of, um, which is 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 pretty good. Um, but yeah like they're nothing connected they're creating their own world like they're they're creating a, a, a bo- the boys world but even within the boys world there's like like I said there's that volume where it kind of goes off and it's like here's a whole bunch of other yeah characters that's in pretty interesting world. I mean it's cool to see something that's not oh. Marvel or DC for sure. just something completely different it's like playing off of all the stuff that Marvel and DC yeah. really like laid the foundation for but it's kind of like um Hancock, remember that movie? Oh yeah, yeah, with Will Smith. It was, I liked that movie because it was just completely different. Yeah, it wasn't like the typical feeling. Marvel, right? 
you know, like he did stuff that was questionable and mm-hmm. he wasn't like, he wasn't like a good, good guy or whatever. Yeah. yeah. What would be, so this is the, the side show that I want from the boys, which is the boys hero gasm. Yeah. Hero-gasm. But it's a party down type show. Right. Where it's people who work. Oh, at the hero gasm. At the hero gasm. Oh my God. It'd be a gross show. That would be <laughs> such a gross show. <laughs> yeah. Th- does that happen in the? Sh- it hasn't happened in the actual show. Like they. I don't think they're they going to do that in the actual it. show. Yeah. It's like hero gasm is a is a hero gasm wasn't part of the. Tra- well, it it's might like, be part uh, of the trades. It's but like it- remember those vacation things packages they used to sell called hedonism. Uh, they'd be like, oh, get your. Did you guys ever see those on TV? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, here guys like you go on vacation somewhere because like, ooh, sexy things are going to happen on vacation. Oh, here. yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Herogasm is like all out like superhero like orgies and shit. It's, oh, a, okay. it's supposed to be like a superhero getaway where anything goes, you can do anything. Right. Nothing's off the table. So that's kind of like that bar that they went to. This is like to the yeah, 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 to the extreme level. Mm-hmm. Rock the mic like a mandal. Okay, let's talk about the thing. Oh, wait, I want to move on I, from my terrible joke. We watched that. Uh, also, I watched Lovecraft Country. Oh, James is no, you didn't. James is like, <laughs> yeah. James can't stop interrupting the house cat. Can't stop <laughs> sidle. He can't stop sidling up. Yeah, rubbing up against your leg. Watch have, out. You, have you caught up with Lovecraft Country? Justin? Yeah, I'm caught up. On that. Yeah. I love this show. You are caught up. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's the one you caught up. It's the on, one show that the boys. You know. What did you think, James? I actually got emotional in this one. It was pretty fucking emotional. I will tell you this: I had a couple of tears in my eyes. Like, this, I I just can't say enough about how good this show is. I can't like, say how about how much I appreciate. I mean, whatever HBO, what the the people who are greenlighting these things to talk about these issues, like some of these issues, like I know more about was it was it Juneteenth now from HBO shows, from uh, like Watchmen, from the it. Watchmen, and from this. Did you watch the Watchmen, James? No. Who watches the Watchmen? Not me. Not James. <laughs> so, so I'll say this. I, the Watchmen talks about this exact same thing. So they, they have a dozen. You, you're caught up. So they have a Juneteenth episode, mm-hmm. viewers. Well, it, yeah, and it plays into and it plays a into bunch of the show, yeah. And when I watched it on The Watchmen, I was like, I looked it up. Because I was like, I couldn't believe this was a real thing. Mm. And then it was. And that really sucked a lot to find out that was a real thing. And then now they've talked about it in like the public spaces this year more. Mm -hmm. Um, And then for you to watch that for the first time, like in this show. Yeah. Must have been really difficult. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy. Like the, yeah, the Watchmen does it in a really incredibly brutal, painful way. Also, you should watch the fucking Watchmen. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll get there. Maybe. I mean, if you if I had to choose one of those two shows, I would choose the Watchmen over over uh, Lovecraft Country. Yeah. I don't know. If you force me, if you love, force me to choose one, yeah, I love the Lovecraft Country. So. I would definitely watch. Yeah, I would. I would definitely pick the Watchmen, but 
Thankfully, we don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but so in in the in the Watchmen, it happens very like you're an observer, mm-hmm. like watching the whole thing from what I remember. Yeah, like you're mm-hmm. not a part of it. Like you're not the characters aren't like. Well, I mean, we don't want to get too, super into detail because there is some stuff. But yeah, but this is the, the this isn't a Watchmen I would watch say, <laughs> podcast. I'd say uh, I'd say what's what happens in Lovecraft Country is a little more like boots on the ground it's and it's not done as well i think but it's really really fucking emotional like just man's in humanity to man type shit i don't know i found it pretty painful <laughs> we're just so so where do segue. we go from here? <laughs> okay so the the what i really want to talk about though the one thing i wanted to say that i watched this week that i I really, really, really liked. Out, I'm afraid we're out so of time. So now we can just, just. What was that? I said I'm afraid we're out of time. <laughs> Sorry, Matt Damon. Is we're I watched? I watched the new trailer for the Animaniacs. Oh right, they're doing the new Animaniacs. Oh, they're doing a new one. A yeah. New show. Yeah. So hmm. I watched the trailer. So if I could recommend one thing, I would say, go watch the Animaniacs trailer. It's like two and a half minutes long. Right. What about that Fat Man trailer? I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> the I Mel Gibson did, I didn't, Santa Claus movie? I didn't watch it. I mean, it's got Walton Goggins in it. Yeah. I mean, probably have to do it for Christmas, eh? I mean, fucking Mel Gibson. It's a, Chris, it's a Christmas movie? Mm, yeah, Mel Gibson plays Santa Claus. A really angry Santa Claus. This is completely people. fucking derailed. <laughs> All right, we watched The Thing. Speaking of Santa Claus, the, the thing. It's Christmas. Oh, it's winter. Antarctica. It's Antarctica. Uh, right? That's where Santa lives. We watch the thing. Roll the fucking trailer. Twelve men have just discovered something. For 100,000 years, it was buried in the snow and ice. Now it has found a place to live. Inside. Where no one can see it. Or hear it. Or feel it. I know I'm human. Some of you are still human. This thing doesn't want to show itself. It wants to hide inside an imitation. It'll fight if it has to, but it's vulnerable out in the open. It takes us over, and it has no more enemies. Nobody left to kill it. And then it's one. You guys gonna listen to Gary? He can beat one of those things! All right, so The Thing, 1982, directed by John Carpenter, uh, starring uh, Kurt Russell, Wilford Brimley, Keith David, uh, Donald Moffat, a bunch of other people uh, starring snow and cold, explosions, (laughs) and fucked up aliens. Yeah. So why'd you pick it, John? Because it's a goddamn delight. (laughs) That's why I picked it. This movie... um, I think it's no secret that this podcast has uh, uh, a soft spot in their heart for John Carpenter. No doubt. Uh, How I, many movies have we done of his by, at this point? We did Salt on Precinct 13. The Thing. They Live. They Live. The Thing. Uh, three. Escape from New York. Escape from New four. York. Four. So four at least. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm maybe forgetting something, but four for sure. Uh, yeah. So uh, I love John Carpenter. Um, I love Kurt Russell. And how could, I, how could you not? I wanted to do the thing. It was, uh, I, I was batting around a couple of movies, but like I couldn't, I can't even remember what they are now 
compared to like just being like, oh, yeah, the thing. When I thought of that, I was like, this is the movie that I have to do. Uh, I haven't seen it in a really long time. I've only seen this movie like once or twice before. Yeah. So it's not like a movie I know a lot about. I got like, I should say, like I got into like horror movies much later in, in like in life, like probably in my mid 20s. Um, and I only got into John Carpenter like at that time. So like uh, a lot of these movies aren't like high oh, Big school. Trouble in Little China is the other one we've done. Oh, yeah. Right. Sorry. Fucking. Uh. That's like <laughs> in our top 10, by yeah. the way. It's yeah. in our top 10. What was the other one? <laughs> uh, yeah. So I saw, I wanted to revisit it. I wanted an excuse to rewatch it. So I rewatched it last night. Um, one of the movies I've definitely watched the most of as in like I didn't pick up my phone as much and yeah like mm-hmm. was like totally into it yeah it's just a fucking great movie so I was really excited to watch it uh and uh I was, I was I was excited to watch it and it paid it totally paid off like it, it was totally worth uh worth the choice I think no doubt what's you guys it's are, never a bad choice to watch the thing yeah what's your relationship with the movie Dustin uh I think I first saw it maybe on cable as a kid, and then I didn't see it again until probably I was maybe like in my early 20s. It doesn't seem like a cable movie to me. No. I know. I saw a lot of stuff on cable when I was a kid that doesn't seem... Like, I saw The Shining for the first time on TV. Well, I feel Not like even you, cable, sorry. We didn't have cable. It was just like regular television. Uh, uh, the night. Shining, I feel like you can like cut CBC. a lot of stuff out. The Shining, uh, one of the... I think the... I think maybe Night, Nightmare on Elm Street like three or something. Some of these movies are among the first horror movies I watched because they right. were on, they were on TV. And yeah, I remember watching the thing. Um, but then I didn't really like solidify it in my mind until I saw it. Like, yeah, early twenties, I watched it again. I was like, holy shit, this movie's awesome! Like, it's so fucking good. And then I just started. I, now I watch it like once a year, every year. Yeah. Have you so, seen the remake? The prequel, yes. Or the prequel. Well, technically, this is a remake of a '50s monster Sorry, movie. Sorry, I apologize. Have you seen the 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 prequel that came out like in the 2000s? Yeah, I did watch it. Um, it actually wasn't terrible. Uh, I wa- I went into it expecting to hate it, um, and it's it's kind of cool in some ways. Like, I wish they did all the stuff practically because they kind of recreate a lot of the same effects with CG in it. Mm-hmm. Always a bad idea. It is a bad idea. It was pretty good for CG, but still, just it isn't the same. It was kind of cool because it leads all the way up until the beginning of this movie. So does it take? So right. it ends with like what the beginning of this movie is, where the does, dogs they start chasing the dogs. Oh, oh that's so cool. it takes place at the at the Norwegian base. Yeah, yeah. So the whole movie in Norwegian. Do. No, and it has. Um, uh, what's her name now? Sorry, Catherine Bigelow. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is in the lead role in that. Movie. Oh, she's fit. Mm. She's great. Yeah, um, but so it, I'd have to watch it again because I watched it when it came out. But I remember thinking it was not 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 bad. It was okay, but uh, it doesn't of course touch touch this movie. And James, yeah. you've seen this before. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. I was never into horror, like. I think I never really watched any horror movies until like I'm in my thirties. Then you came, say. Out, came out of the closet. Uh, the sure. gore, the, the gore, gore closet, the gore closet. Yes, I figured this would be right up your alley. I mean, John Carpenter. I don't think I ever really knew who John Carpenter was 
for the longest time. Like, there's so many movies and stuff that I haven't seen. And I didn't see this movie until like last year when Dustin, you showed it to me. Was that only a year ago? No, it was a couple years ago. Two years ago? Yeah. Okay. So like two or three years ago. But like still, like... Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. I must have like. I feel like I lived a sheltered life, but except for <laughs> John, seemed to watch all this stuff, but I hey, didn't. Man, I sat there fucking. I think John shit. was like, "You can't watch this shit." Yeah, that sounds exactly like me. <laughs> he kicked you out. Get he the fuck you. out of here! Yeah. yeah, I was a pretty protective older brother who <laughs> <laughs> yeah. didn't fucking introduce all my siblings to like. Oh, you want to watch that? Yeah, oh, here you go. Yeah, no, you're you're more of a like. Oh, here's some fucked up shit. You should watch this kind of guy. Yeah. No, you're more like here. Go watch your Focus on the Family movies. Yeah, mm. like the time that uh, like my sister and mom were talking about how they watched CSI and how much they liked it, and I got really upset. And I was like, "You want to watch CSI? You think that's good? <laughs> All right, I'm going to the video store. I'll be right back." And then I went and I rented. Um, Zodiac. Fucking Zodiac, yeah. You know the story. <laughs> story. Yeah, that's the shit you should be watching. Right. Zodiac. You're about this three hour movie in. <laughs> you know what I did, though? I made Fincher fans of both of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, big Fincher Converted? heads now. Oh, yeah, I know. They follow him around. <laughs> really? Yeah, no, they hear where he might be and they just go to that city. Fincher stands. Hmm. Yeah. Fincher stands. <laughs> Cut cool. the story out. Um,. No cuts. Yeah, so I mean, I watched it a couple of years ago. I think the first Carpenter Blew movie... your hair back. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I think the first Carpenter movie I saw was like Escape from New York or Escape from L.A. or something. Oh man, Escape from L.A., that'd be a hilarious intro. Yeah, I think it was Escape I from L.A. Escape and from then... LA. And then I, which we'll have to do on this. And show then I found <laughs> out there was Escape from New York, and then I watched that one. Okay, but. Yeah. Do you guys know that Wilford Brimley is still alive? No, he just died recently. Apparently, he's in a movie that's in pre-production. Yeah. No, I think he but, died like fairly recently. Oh, recently. shit. He died August 1st. Well, yeah. tell me the COVID didn't take him. I don't think so. He had the, diabe- the diabetes. Was he a Mormon? I don't think so. He was born in Salt Lake City and he died. He was, a, he was on an executioner squad. What? I heard a story recently that Wilford Brimley, star of this film, uh, he was, I don't know if it was in Texas or somewhere where like you'd be on a thing and like somebody would get picked out of the group. Like you'd be a, you'd be a volunteer right. and somebody would get picked and they'd be the one like put a sack over their head and like shoot. They all like, oh no, they all line up and shoot and only and one shoot. of them has bullets, right? Right. So, That's so you so never Wilford know. So Wilford Brimley may have executed <laughs> People. Wow. <laughs> well, I think that if you're a part of that, then you're a part of the execution. So you. And whether, I think he was like a legit cowboy back in the day. Yeah. Well, that probably tracks. Yeah. So apparently, when they were like shooting this movie, he was the only one who didn't get like grossed out by all the animal guts they used for the scenes where they're doing the autopsy. Right. Well, we know he rides a horse because in Hard Target, he rides a horse. Fuck yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> et tout chance, chance. Et, et tout fait. <laughs> I know, I can smell them. <laughs> uh, let's go, so let's get right into the movie. Um, I mean, it's 
it's pretty iconic. It's a pretty iconic film, I think, at this point. Yeah, at this point, I think most people recognize what what a piece of genius work this is. At the time it came out, like it makes me sad. I'm going back and I'm reading this stuff, and I knew this already, but it was reviled by the critics. Yeah, yeah. So I read it. I sorry, I watched part of. I try. I tried to do some research today, and I I watched the thing, and they were talking about how. So this movie came out three months after E.T. Right. So. So Spielberg kind of set this new expectation for like alien films and like hope and like yeah I get fucking that. joy and shit and then fucking joy and shit fucking Spielberg <laughs> fuck out of here with your ET. so so then when this came out and it kind of flipped everything like it's it's kind of nihilistic it, it's yeah I mean we already seen a lot of like dark uh, you know alien movies I mean we had fucking Alien already but. People, I guess, weren't in the mood for it at the time. No, and it it became one of the most reviled films ever uh, for for quite a while. Like well, people really hated this movie, and yeah. it had like a crazy budget. It was like fifteen million compared to his previous movies that were like seven hundred fifty k, right? Like, yeah, like and like three hundred fifty thousand. Like Escape from New York were pretty cheap. Yeah, they were really cheap, but. Yeah, so it, it, and also, but also fans didn't like it at the time either, for the, the most part. I mean, I'm sure they were, know. I'm well, sure there were some who liked it, but like, for the most part, people on either side of the, uh, of the aisle did not care for it. Like, critics, fans, nobody really liked it. But I think that might have more to say about the, the time, right? Uh, like, the. Yeah, like you're saying, like, people were in a certain headspace. But it's just so weird because we can't, like, watch more than one different type of alien movie. We can't watch E.T. and enjoy that for what it is. Yeah. And then watch the thing and be like, yeah, this is fucking awesome. But now you look back and you look at it's like, I, I say Slash Films, you know, I, I've been following that website for a, quite a long time. Yeah. <laughs> we started listening to podcasts and reading it, what, like... Oh man, forever ago. ago, over ten years probably. Yeah, I mean, like they now have like when they ranked John Carpenter films, they have the thing as the their number one ahead it's his, of it's his masterpiece. Yeah, it's even ahead, ahead of, of Halloween, even ahead of Halloween, I'd say. Yeah, which is also like you know almost perfect. So yeah, so I mean, like this movie, while not getting its due in the time. I mean, yeah, clearly it found life afterwards. Yeah, very Van Gogh because of like because it was on TV because it was uh, you know people renting it at the video store. So also because uh, I don't think that they, they do a lot to they don't give the audience that much. They don't treat the audience like children in this movie where they're just mm-hmm. feeding exposition. Yeah, I mean they, they really like allow these people to kind of exist as individuals who have been together for a long time. Right, or at least at least they've been there for a while, and it's like you get a sense of who these characters are without them going into like what's this guy's backstory. Um, and there is a lot of stuff that I guess was sort of written that they didn't end up putting in the movie for some of these characters, but like you get the sense of who they all are really well through their performances without having to sit there with a bunch of exposition and be like. Well, Kurt Russell is, uh, you know, he was in the war and yeah. he's uh, messed up and blah, blah, blah. Like, it, it, you don't have that. You just have what's on the screen. Well, they fit totally into their works. categories, right? Yeah, but not even in a way that's like, okay, you're this stereotype. Yeah, yeah. it's not cliche. It's not cliche. To the point of, of like, this is absurd. It, it's No, it's just recognizable as like, oh, yeah, okay, this guy's sort of like this type of person. 
yeah. whatever. You're watching it. Okay, Keith David is this kind of guy. Like, there's not like... Yeah, I, it's not like a thing like, oh, well, he just is like this very stereotypical thing. It's just like... It feels natural. It feels natural. So the movie starts off... We've got this helicopter that's just like flying through this like rocky, snowy area trying to shoot this dog with the worst hunter. And you got that Ennio Morricone score right off the bat. Like the dun dun. Yeah. I looked up, uh, say his name, Dustin. Ennio Morricone. I don't want to mess it up. I I was like, oh, is this an alias? Like Carpenter. Carpenter. That's what I did. So I looked up like John Carpenter alias because I was like, oh, maybe he's... For some reason he, yeah. Oh, because yeah, he, always, different he almost always did his own music, right? Yeah, so I was a little surprised to not see his name there, but, I mean, good job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ennio Morricone is like one Fucking of the greatest, amazing. he's one of the greatest film composers ever. <laughs> yeah. He also passed away, I think, in this, this past year. Uh, uh, on but I think it, they, they said it was like... Not that good. I mean, in the trivia, I think. They, yeah, no, no. It was it was nominated for a fucking Razzie yeah, for worst score, which is can, crazy. Can, can we go back in time and kick these people's fucking asses? Well, it just shows you. <laughs> it just shows you that like, even like these things like the Razzies that are supposed to be this kind of like, um, oh, we're gonna stick it to the man, you know, like. Way to go, Hollywood, for putting this out. It's like, no, your fucking head's up your own ass so fucking far. Yeah. Like, you're following the exact same trends. I, I think I don't know if I brought this up on the podcast before, but it's the same thing where to me where uh, one of my favorite albums of all time, Weezer, uh, Pinkerton. I'm tired. So tired. Rolling Stones gave it like a fucking zero when it came out. And then on its like 20th anniversary, it was like, we were wrong. (laughs) It's a 10 out of 10. Like this changed the genre type thing where it's like, you know, when it's popular to shit on something, it's pretty hard to stand up against it. It's just weird though. Like, because... Even when I was young, when I first watched the movie, that's one of the first things that like hooked me in about the movie was this very simplistic synth, these like bass tones. Uh, there's just something super ominous about it. And just, You're like, very much uh, were more astute watcher of film than I was because I was like, I was never like, oh man, this... This well, I'm not saying this I'm not saying I consciously this slaps. <laughs> no, I'm not but saying I was I mean, very conscious of it and being like, "Wow, the music, the way that it, the interplay of the." I'm just saying. Yeah, but but listening, uh, but watching the movie yesterday, like, yeah, you totally get that from the music, how it adds to the tension. Yeah, like and it's so minimalist. It's just like, but it's it's fucking spooky at yeah. times. Yeah. Oh, like, totally. And I think like. Like you were saying, John, this is like one of those movies where you like you're not on your phone. Yeah, right? like it's true. You 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 are you're sucked in from the very beginning. Yeah. like everything about this. Well, it's it, a perfect lead-in, right, with the yeah. dog, 
And you're like, what the fuck's going on? Like, it's, why are they chasing this dog? It's going to be hard not to just do the whole podcast, just like fawning over this film. Well, we can do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you've got this like this like dope ass soundtrack. I'm going to make this sound as stupid as possible. <laughs> hey, yo, go get this dope ass soundtrack. This thing fucking fucks. Like how um, he did the the different levels of music oh, and stuff. <laughs> it's like, have you ever heard of somebody who knows how to make music and you're like, this guy's got it. Like my ears. Yes. Yeah. But oh. I mean, he does. I mean, he was normally like he did a lot of spaghetti westerns and stuff. Probably well, most the, famous. The, the, the composer. Morricone, yeah. So probably most famous for like the good, the bad and the ugly score. Sure clearly what, what here Sorry, he's, what, what movie <laughs> what score never heard of it one of the most one of the most like popular film yeah, scores saying, like, of all time that's what he's most known for um ecstasy of gold but this this music he's this he's clearly trying to do a carpenter-esque music because carpenter was the synth guy right absolutely this if you told me that carpenter did this under an alias I would have believed it. It's a subdue. It's a more like restrained carpenter. Yeah, 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 for sure. Is how I would describe it. Like it's just it's like carpenter, like held back a little bit. Yeah. Like I'd love to hear what carpenter would have done. But it's perfect for this movie too because we're in this isolated place. It's just a handful of characters. Yeah. Um. And so everything is like kind of smaller on a smaller level happening, right? Well, it's kind of cool. I mean, like I'm just you think about things and you, to fit your own narrative. But like when you think about the fact that like you've got the snow, which would like, um, like it would like dampen the sound. Mm. Right. And then you've got like these small areas with like lots of people and lots of stuff, which would dampen the sound. Like everything would like kind of draw it down a little bit. Like it right. would make sense. Yeah. I mean, if that's true, I don't know if that, if, we're, if I'm making that up, it's <laughs> whatever. So you've got the, the helicopter. It's, it's wishing its way through. There's a little bit of a problem I have with this scene, which is that they don't shoot the dog, which is you feel like they would have shot the dog. Well, yeah. I mean, they're trying to shoot the dog. I know, but, but they, like they can't, I mean, the dog almost stops halfway through and they hover over it and it doesn't, they're not able to hey shoot. Hey man, have you ever shot anything from a fucking flying helicopter? Yeah, actually in been, a field of been to Alaska, <laughs> shot some wolves, you know, Republican, well, you Republican thing. Palin? Yeah. Okay. It's what we do. <laughs> Yeah, James uh, James actually donated a lot of money to have wolves get born. He actually he actually paid for a lot of of wolf uh, midwives, right? Yeah, so he can he so can get could back into the more fam- to shoot at, he yeah. can get back into my family because we were so against him shooting the wolves. Protect yeah. the harvest. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but like there there is that one problem. I I'd feel a little bit with like they should have shot that dog. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't then think it was for lack of trying. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Obviously, they shot the dog, then the movie wouldn't happen. I know. <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying to give, I, I I'm trying to give the tiniest little. These problems. are Norwegians. They don't know how to shoot. Yeah, <laughs> I think of all people, Norwegians know how to shoot. No, they know how to make black metal, and that's it. But you do like once the helicopter lands and then blows up, and then he shoots that guy in the leg. It's like nonstop. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. After that, yeah, I love that. There's not a lot of downtime. I mean, you get like, you got a scene where Kurt Russell's recording a tape. 
yeah, for posterity. Yeah, that's true. But well, like that's, later that's, on, that's yeah. it though. Like there's nothing much else other than that. Well, no, yeah. All you have other than that is just like the introduction to the characters, like on the base. So yeah. you've got like Kurt Russell drinking his uh, was it J and B? Yeah. Um, and then he like pours the 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 whiskey on the rocks into the into the computer. And he's like. Cheating bitch. Oh yeah, because he loses his chess match. <laughs> yeah. Which I was like, oh man, you can't play chess anymore, Kurt. Yeah, you just like, wrecked that machine. You just wrecked that machine. Like, I know I've fucking been selfish bastard. Like, I've been there, man. Like, you're probably like pretty fucking drunk, and you lost a game, and you're, like you're pretty mad. But like, don't you just never throw your Super Nintendo controller. Oh, I was gonna be like, don't don't throw your PS4 in the Goddamn bathtub. Mario. Like, it's uh, not. I didn't push that button. <laughs> Plus, like, I don't, he doesn't have Amazon. Like, if I if I was gonna like throw my PS4 in like in the trash, mm-hmm. like I can buy a new one. <laughs> like I can have it here tomorrow. Listen he, to this. Listen, to this rich guy. Yeah. Over here. Fuck. Must be nice. He's <laughs> got uh, PS4s in the trash, right, left and right. Yeah. So you get the introduction to. <laughs> you got, you guys. Come on. This is too much. <laughs> you guys. You guys are embarrassing me. I'm so, I am rich. <laughs> I am rich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. uh, yeah, so you, you get introduced to all these characters, and I, I I, love it. I love all the introductions to all the different characters before we... Because uh, it's kind of intercut. Yeah, I mean, you're just sort of watching things unfold, and as that happens, we meet each person. There's a doctor, there's the mechanic, there's the cook, there's you know all these different yeah. guys, pilots. Whatever. It does seem like there's a lot of them. Yeah, well, no, have to look be. at they all got their jobs there. I no, them, I I, I understand. It does seem like there's a lot of them. And when I remembering watching it the first time, I didn't remember there was that many people. I agree with James. Like, yeah. So obviously, most of these people are going to die. <laughs> so it's just. I mean, spoiler alert: they all die. They all die. Kind of. We should question. say that this movie does suffer from the fact that there are. The Blackdale is it Blackdale test? Yeah, and there's no female characters. There's no female whatsoever. characters. Period. I mean, you yeah. have Adrian Barbeau did the voice of the computer that he <laughs> dumps his whiskey in, <laughs> uh, and then there was apparently a, uh, a female character that got pregnant and so left the left the movie and they mm. replaced oh. the with another guy. Okay. I'm, I'm guessing Wilford Brimley just looked at her. <laughs> and she was instantly pregnant. Oh yeah, he probably just like sh- he probably looked at her and then said some fucking Salt Lake City curse and sh- shook his mustache and she got pregnant. <laughs> Brussled his mustache. Uh, yeah, so they've got the dog and it's just kind of hanging out in the, yeah, it's in just the walking around room and I did think that was kind of like till- like weird. Like so, I, having like like I said, I've watched this movie once. And being separated from it. Mm-hmm. And so I don't necessarily remember every like beat of it. I did find it interesting that like, it's like, oh, okay. So this dog is just walking around and yeah. no one seems to it's just mind. Hanging out. I think that, I think the sense is supposed to be that they feel a little bit protective of it because these crazy Norwegians came and were trying to kill it. And so then now it's like, okay, this is like our dog now. And yeah, and I don't know if this is like just making up uh, excuses for what happens later on, but like later on, they're like, "What do you mean the dog? It's been walking around. It's been doing this. Mm-hmm. You never put it away. 
it, that seems oh, very and it's used to like lead to suspicion about who may or may not be a thing yeah also it, i have to say hands down that dog deserves an award that, that dog, dog is, is awesome, awesome. Yeah. the acting that dog does i haven't fun. seen acting like that since the littlest hobo <laughs> 100 percent that is 100 percent yeah that is the second best not dog fucking, actor not i've ever seen <laughs> like that dog the whole scene where he like goes into the hallway and then he goes over to clark's room yeah mm-hmm. is it clark's room i'm pretty sure it's a deke out it's a deke out yeah i mean carpenter says he it's nobody from the cast so that it wouldn't be a shadow resembling anybody. Oh, so fuck. You don't know, he got me. You don't know who it is that he's going to see. Yeah. Like, but like seriously, God like, damn it. Best dog acting I've seen since Littlest Hobo. Yeah. Hands down. Hands down. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Just put the Oscar away. What about that Mar- Marnie in me? <laughs> when they drowned that dog? When they drowned that dog. That was some good dog That acting. wasn't Marnie and me. That was a dog's purpose. <laughs> Whatever. I was in Manitoba. They draw, they drown dogs like crazy over there. You can't trust somebody from Winnipeg. Oh, dog Manitoba. Drowners. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, that dog is fucking cool. That dog is awesome. But I, I kind of like. I so I'm, what I'm saying was, this is like maybe this is bullshit, but it's like that. You know that retroactive thing that can happen when like something bad goes wrong and everybody tries to like blame everybody, but they forget what like actually happened where like the dog was obviously walking around and everyone and saw everyone it. knew it but now it's like but now Clark's it's a problem and now it's just one Clark's dude's the fault. guy in charge of the dogs and i think that, that he didn't put the dog away which i think is is such a important part of this movie is like he is understanding that human Mm-hmm. Reaction and like to, like both parts of the human reaction, revisionist history. Exactly. Whereas mm-hmm. like like that that's what this whole movie is based on. It's, it's all based on relationships. It's also all all based on like how you acted in a moment versus how you remember a moment, and mm-hmm. how, who you blame. In mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. No. I think it's I don't a know good if point. I'm if I'm if I'm reading too much into it, but like it's there. This movie I I think it's there. Um. So right away, then the doc wants to go check out the Norwegians' site. So yeah. him and him and uh, Kurt Russell, Mac- McCready, they they get in the helicopter, even though there's like a storm starting to go check it out. And then you get there, and it's like all burnt out, and you see that guy with his like wrists and his throat like so deeply slashed, but he's like frozen, his blood's like frozen and stuff. Yeah, you get this like real eerie sense of just like the emptiness of it, and like. I don't know, just what the fuck happened here. Yeah. Something obviously went terribly, terribly Yeah, and wrong. then they take a bunch of the tapes. Yeah, and they but they also find... But then they find the, the twisted body. But they also take all, the paperwork. Yeah, the paperwork. But they find that, that garbled, like, what the fuck is this thing that's, like, all messed up. Yeah. Yeah, and you find out later, I think it's supposed to be a person that's mid... Morphosis, <laughs> yeah, it's one of the things. Morphosis. Well, so yeah, this is this is something you learn throughout the movie that it's not a person, like it's the creature that's imitating a person. Yeah. So, so it doesn't it doesn't like get inside you and take over your body. It it imitates your body. So it's not actually you anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it but can it go into more than one person at a time? 
Yeah, it can split itself off and each part of it can become another. So like, for example, skipping ahead to the scene where the doc is trying to save Norris and all of a sudden his chest cavity like opens yeah, up opens and the up. paddles go in there. Oh shit, that was awesome. Yeah. That was awesome. Uh, then they're like, start burning the body, but the head separates and like walks off with these fucking like spider yeah. leg things. That's awesome as well. That's where you get that moment with Palmer, the stoner guy, and he's like, you gotta be fucking kidding. <laughs> they replicate that scene in Toy Story. Right. <laughs> they do, don't they? Yeah. In Sid's room. <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's we're jumping ahead into the once things start going off. But like, uh, that's the other part. Because this movie, it works on so many levels as a horror movie because... You could have something that was just super splattery and like effects heavy, which this movie is. You get a lot of monster stuff, goop and blood and yeah. all kinds of shit. And it's so fucking well done and just so awesome. But then it's also like a psychological horror film where everyone has this paranoia. They're isolated in this place. They can't reach anyone. They can't go anywhere. And any one of us could be right infected or whatever. And it like, does, that does reach a point where it's just like... To the extreme. You don't know. No, like nobody trusts anybody. Nobody trusts anybody. Yeah. And they end up uh, locking Blair in the tool shed. I mean, we're kind of jumping all over (laughs) the place. Wilfred Brimley goes nuts because he's the one who, he's the biologist, right? Yeah. And he looks at his computer readouts of like, how fast could this thing infect everybody? Uh, Likelihood that somebody's already like been replaced kind of thing. Right. But so... This, this is what I don't understand. Okay, so he's looking at those readouts. Mm-hmm. He then he starts like shooting people, or at them anyway, or at them. Yeah. Okay, but then he goes and he destroys the chopper, right? And he destroys. He says all these things, and he. But he is not him anymore. No, he becomes. No, no, he is at that point still. Yeah, at some point. At he that be- point, he's he's afraid of it getting out, so oh. he's destroying the communications. Yeah, he's destroying the. So chopper, at that point, he so that is. nobody can leave. Yeah, so at that point, he's still him. But I think you're Once supposed he's to believe the- that some point between then mm-hmm. and after he's been locked. Next in time the- you see him, yeah, the the thing which yeah. is such a. Makes sense. The, the thing, thing yeah. has gotten to him. Yeah, because there's there's that scene where they go back to him and they're like, "You can let me out now, and I'm fine." Mm. That's probably he, like, could, he might still be a human at that point. We don't know. No fucking way. Know. I believe him. No, it doesn't matter even if he was because they're not. Are you gonna let the guy back in that was like shooting at people? True. But pretty much what you've got, like we're this is one of the let's problem, go back. Let's go back. To let's the go back to the problem we have with movies like this. This is not our wheelhouse. We do not do well with movies that are really, really good. I think it's fine as long as we cover everything. It, it's just that, like, it's... This movie is so good. Like, everything is great. Yeah, yeah. you want to talk about it. I want to talk part. about every little yeah. tiny bit. So we're bit. all the way back at the beginning where he puts the dog in the kennel. <laughs> That's where things start to This pop is off, where right? I really, like... This is still in the part that um, I want to talk about uh, where... Where you get a real sense of each of the characters, like mm-hmm. you're still getting to understand them, like and like Dustin, you you've done this whiteboard for us that we have for every episode, where it's got uh, name of the movie, the director, and then all the actors, um, 
the characters' names and then the actors. And for this, you did uh, also like I their jobs, their positions, yeah. what their jobs are. Jobs yeah. are, and because to to me that that's what they are. Like they are like they are this. It's more like you're playing a video game, in a sense, and where you're like, I'm going to be the mechanic. I'm going to be the, you know, right doctor or whatever. And because they all really embody that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And everybody does such a great job. But I said it earlier, and I just want to say it one more time. One of the most beautiful parts about this film is how all of the characters, how all the actors portray their characters and interact with each other so flawlessly as mem- people who have been together for for a long time and know things about each other right. and how it all just kind of flows. Yeah. Where like, you'll say something like, um, like uh, McCready refers to like child as a hothead. Right. And you see mm. a little bit of that. Yeah, it's just like little dialogue things where it's not like an overblown thing. It's just exactly like, should somebody a little more even tempered should hold the gun. But you don't really understand that that child is any more of a hothead than anybody else at that point. But like you trust that McCready, mm-hmm. he's telling you has he knows this thing about. But you but you also trust at that point that like Keith David as as Childs recognizes that he is a hothead. Right, and, well, you, you and he kind see, of backs um, away a little you bit. Do see, you do see Childs and Clark kind of bump up against each other a few times, where they get like ag- aggressive with one another. Yeah, it makes sense that they're the two that end up at the end. Macready and Childs. Macready, sorry, yeah. Macready, uh, Macready and Childs. Like it makes sense that like those are the two that like. Yeah, it doesn't. It. I mean, I. I don't know that I would have necessarily picked that from the beginning, but when you get there, you're like, yeah. Of course, like <laughs> of course, this makes sense. Yeah, but let's go back to the the kennel scene. Yeah, because this is where things really start, yeah. like to get serious. <laughs> yeah, where all those dog, all the dogs start freaking out. This is your favorite part. And man, James hates dogs as the house cat. <laughs> That's why he hunts them. This is why he's. The, this is the, why I hunt as them. the house cat. as the house cat. This is why James hates dogs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yes. I don't know how they get these dogs to do this shit. You know, like, you got the one dog like tearing at the fence to get out with its mouth. I did, know. Did you all, wonder? So all the dogs in this movie, mm. it's just like, who the fuck is training these dogs? Well, so here's the thing. Did you have <laughs> a question mark in your head where you're like, did the human, like, were these dogs treated okay? Yes, it definitely, uh, you definitely have to wonder. Cause you gotta I mean, there's some stress on those I dogs. I mean, apparently the dogs, the noise the dogs make when they're freaking out about the thing. Yeah. Uh, the dude who, like, did the sound, he 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 had a, he got a bunch of dogs in his house, and then he shut off all the lights, and he wore, like, a hood and stuff, and <laughs> ran around outside, like, tapping on windows and stuff. So, and that's what the recording of the dogs is. Oh, man. Yeah, you imagine that? No, no, no. I, I'm I'm trying to get sound for a movie I'm doing. <laughs> like the neighbor comes, like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. You're running around in circles around the house, <laughs> tapping on windows with a hood I on. Just, yeah. So I I think of a director like Peck and Paw, right? I feel like Peck and Paw would like single hand like murder. <laughs> he's like, we're like, gonna shoot these dogs. He's like, yeah, like he just has a bottle of like he has a bottle of like whiskey in one hand, a cigarette in the other, and he's just like. 
we're going to kill every one of these fucking dogs until we get the sound that we want. Like, I just imagine, like, he would have no problem single-handedly, like, murdering dogs. Yeah. But this is where the... But uh, I don't think Carpenter would do that. No. No. Like, <laughs> Peck and Paw? Come on, guys. This is where the Rob... Uh, Rob Zombie? Botten or Botine. Oh, Rob Zombie was in a part of this? <laughs> no. Oh. Uh, the effects guy. So, yeah, I guess he's only 22 at the time he fucking did this movie. Uh, what a pup. And, like, yeah, he didn't do the dog... He didn't do this dog scene, though. He got Stan Winston in to do this scene because, at this point, I guess he was... A, he didn't want to do any more dog stuff because he had just done The Howling, like, the previous year. Oh, okay. The werewolf movie with Joe Dante. And so then he was like, I don't want to do any more dog shit. I'm sick of seeing dogs. Yeah. So he asked Stan Winston to do it. But also, I guess, like... He was absolutely worked himself to the point of exhaustion, like literal exhaustion, working on this movie, like working seven days a week, like 12, 13 hours a day uh, to get the effects done, which thank you for your service. Yeah, sir. exactly. <laughs> like, because, man, once you get into some of this shit, like we talked about the Nora scene and like, man, the end monster stuff. I mean, it's this just movie so builds. Good. Like, yeah. This movie builds like, it so definitely on builds. this dog scene. So like... The dog scene is where you really kick off what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where everyone is like, what the fuck? But I love get the flamethrower up here right away. Like, like they have a flamethrower? Well, they have, they have flame multiple flamethrowers. But I love, so th- this scene is like where y- you get a sense like, um, there's, I don't know, I don't know if the number of dogs that are in the kennel represent the number of people that are there. Oh, that's an interesting. But you thought. kind of have this idea where, like, this thing that looks like a dog mm-hmm. acts like a dog. None of the dogs are suspicious. Face splits open in some ne- weird but not, lotus. But nothing. Things. Yeah. You a lot of times what you have is like they smell it like, like they're like they would go crazy, right? Yeah. But it doesn't. None of the dogs react. They're all just like chilling. Right? Yeah. And the dog just comes in. It sits down like a regular dog, and when the lights go out, and when it knows there's not a human around, because it knows a human is a higher form, it starts it's going, crazy. it starts acting crazy, and then mm-hmm. all these dogs around it start going crazy, mm-hmm. and it is just like, oh fuck, this is what we're in for, and it's like, and it spews that stuff over that one dog. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's shooting goop at it, and then I it's felt like, so bad for got that these dog. all these little weird. Tentacles whipping around yeah. and shit. Yeah, I do want to know if there are rules. Like, I'm sure there are internal rules that, like, the like the crew set for, like, how certain... I mean, apparently it was, like, an ongoing conversation while they were making the movie about how this actually works. And, they and like, even Carpenter now will say, like, we didn't quite nail it, like, how the actual biology of the thing works. But, but the, the thing is, is that could anyone have done it better while like while it's like it's like it's like writing while swimming like could you have done a better job writing while swimming than what they did like they're they're like in this action of like creating mm-hmm. and writing at the same time so like how how could they have done a better job than what they did i i don't think they could have yeah no it doesn't seem like it to me i mean it it works for what the movie is and like yeah, if you want to sit and nitpick at the fucking thing, I'm sure you can think I'm of sure all you can. kinds of shit. But it doesn't work it's out. just the concept of the alien, not a typical alien where it's in its alien form and then it attacks people. Mm. 
but that along with it being like a almost like a slasher film where you don't know you know where the person is and who's, wh- who's going to be next i mean yeah. there are, and it's even, such an yeah. interesting mix well, even you, on that level you get like just very spooky scenes where like the one guy is sitting i think it's fuchs maybe or bennings no bennings he's sitting in his office working on something and he sees somebody go by his door and it's yeah just like, totally it's just like whoa there's like somebody just walked by but it's like who the fuck was that yeah. and like who's there who's there where'd he go like he ran outside so he runs out after him like uh is there's just like stuff like that where it's like oh shit like <laughs> yeah exactly well and james brought it up earlier with the scene where the dog goes into the room yeah and, yeah and you don't know who it is yeah. right like that's a straight slasher yeah i mean I think Carpenter would cringe to be to hear it be called a slasher. It's not a slasher. I know he was trying to get away from that. But but, like, but he's what what else is it called then? No, what he's doing is he's taking elements of a slasher, something he invented or helped to invent anyway. Well, solidify anyway. Solidify, yeah. Like he helped to bring to the mainstream. Mm -hmm. Um, He's taking elements of that and he's being like, okay, well, what can we do with these? To elevate it, to 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 do something different, something more special, something even more terrifying. Yeah, because it's not like oh, there's one person and that one person is killing people. It's it could be any of the people. Yeah, like yeah. and that's why you get those really amazing scenes, like when they're outside and they've burned uh, the body of the one dude they find out there. Yeah, and um, Kurt Russell's like, he's like, I know I'm human. And I know some of you must be human because otherwise you'd all just attack me right now. So like, it's just those kind of moments, those scenes and those pieces of dialogue where you're like, you got to really, like, I respect how smart the characters are in this movie versus other horror movies. Like in slasher movie, it's a bunch of dumb teenagers and they get knifed. (laughs) Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Which don't get me wrong. I love that shit. But like, this is a very different, like, set up for everything like but i i would say I, I don't know if this i haven't read this i'm just this is my opinion is that i think this movie takes a lot from noir films at the same time where you have a shadow that like there's like a shadow that walks into a a thing that walks into a shadow and you don't know what happens and like there's just these things that are you like, done right and the, the lighting is all incredibly dark and like it's um, a lot of natural lighting. It's supposed to be natural lighting. Like, right. Right. So a lot of these things happen that way, which is like m- incredibly mysterious. And yeah, sure. Like we, we don't know. Like it's kind of, it's a little bit of a mystery mm-hmm. like wrapped in there. Right. Well, and, and even McCready, who's our, you know, we're following him as the main character, uh, you know, he, him and uh, uh, Nalls, they go out to check his cabin because he sees a light on out there. Yeah. Just that kind of thing. Even that is is oh, like so freaky th- stuff. Like yeah. just little things like that. So that whole sequence is weird. Like obviously you're led to... You're made to think, okay, what's going on? Something happened. Mm-hmm. Is Nalls a thing yeah. because he who, left him out there? Who is, or is McCready a thing? Exactly. Because Nalls found this like clothing in his... But they were out there for 45 minutes? Well, they were at the they were at the hut or whatever. Like McCready has his own like little hut out there that he lives in. Yeah, but they went to check. Yeah, but then they were gone for forty five minutes. 
Because that's they made a point of saying how long they've been gone for. Mm. Forty five minutes. I think it's supposed to be like they were searching the place. At some point, Nalls finds this stuff that he thinks indicates that McCready has been replaced. So then, when they're when they're working their way back on the line thing through the snowstorm, right? At some point, he like actually cuts it and like leaves him behind. Um, and so then then McCready shows up, and they're all convinced like, oh, he must be a fucking thing because there's how did he even like find his way back here? Yeah. Uh, with no, you know, you're tied to somebody or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then that's the scene where he like gets the flamethrower and is like, and a piece of dynamite and is holding everybody hostage basically. Yeah. And so now that scene where they, they test the blood. I mean, that's the linchpin of the movie. That, yeah. That is such an iconic scene. That, and there's the claymation of Frozen. Where they, they do oh, that Oh, yeah, scene. there's a joke frozen. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> it's just hilarious. <laughs> that scene is just so good. It's like, so good. Man, what a well-written... Like It's just the tension of waiting for him to test each person's blood. And we, we all have certain characters that we are suspecting more than others like oh yeah so is uh is child's gonna turn yeah. out to be a thing or is it is it gonna be gary the the manager guy he's his keys somebody got into the blood and ruined the blood so it must have been maybe he's the this yeah. is where i want to double down on my newly created noir theme which is <laughs> I, I i think this actually follows noir tropes in a lot of ways as much as it follows horror tropes where you have these incredible tense moments you have these like, who's the guilty party? Like, what's right. going to happen? Figuring out the mystery. Figuring out the mystery. Like, there's like, there's there's crosses and there's double crosses and like, yeah, no got, one trusts who got each into other. The, who got into the safe? Who, yeah, yeah. Who stole these clothes? Who took this? Whatever. Yeah. Man, this, I just like this movie more. <laughs> I just made myself like this movie more by creating a, a situation in which I like it more. Uh, and he's got windows helping him out, and so okay, windows is cleared, so he's. He's he's helping. Yeah, we finally get to Palmer's blood, the stoner guy. Yeah, and, uh, and then his blood is the one, and it's like, and yeah. just, you're not even thinking about him because yeah, he's just totally like the stoner. He's just the stoner dude. Like he's the funny guy. He's but just then in the back right away. He starts like transforming, and it's like, and it's like the way that he's like vibrating and shit. I mean, even that stuff is like, uh, is like. Well, and then he like pops to the ceiling, and then his like head splits open. Splits open, then, kills windows, bites oh, windows. Fuck. Up. That's so. That might be my favorite kill in the entire movie. Oh yeah, Windows with the. Head, I the love head it clamp. when like the head clamp. I think that is fucking so awesome. Yeah. It is like oh shit, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love I love that scene. Yeah, it's 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 gross and it's so gory, yeah, but it's also gross. It's so gross. This movie is so gross, <laughs> but also just like so like. Fuck yes. Yeah, it's so good. Like, I, I, it, it, it's hard to do this through, a, like, an auditory, like, way of talking about it without, like, just being like, hey, everybody, let's watch this shit. <laughs> yeah. And, and, like, go yeah. through it. And it's like, okay, you see what's happening here? And then, like, going into details of, like, all right, so this is what, like, we've, we've, we've read about, like, the, what, what the, um, what the crew did to like make this happen. Like you're talking about the dog sounds and all that kind of stuff. Right. And going into deep details, it's like, I, that's what I want to do for like every single scene. Yeah. 
I mean, it's it's deserving of that kind of level of discussion for sure. I mean, we usually only talk about movies for about an hour or so. Yeah. Um, I mean, this one could easily go like two hours, probably talking about. Yeah, this there's movie. enough stuff to talk about that you could that we could do. Like, then. I feel like we've covered a lot, and there's still so much more. I to think talk that we should about. maybe just like I said that this is probably my favorite, like death, like kill scene. Yeah. Uh, Dustin, do you have a favorite like? Oh, it's got to be the Norris uh, and Copper, the Doctor, like when he gets his hands yeah. chomped. I would say that <laughs> would be belly. my. Oh, that's great. Uh, because that comes out of nowhere. Yeah, and then when it's like, you know, then it's like you see the creature like morphing, and it's got Norris's head on a long, like weird fucking neck thing, and yeah, all this gobbledy, goopy, slimy shit everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So because after the after the 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 blood test, we're about halfway three quarters of the way through the movie. Yeah, the blood test is actually kind of late in the movie. Yeah, so you're pretty much, like, you're you're projecting yourself now, like, pretty quickly towards the end. Yeah, you get to the point, like, okay, they go and they look for Wilfred Brimley. He's gone. He, like, went out under the floor. And at this point, you know, know that he's, like, a crazy fucking thing, the thing mole person. And they show, yeah, like, this ship that he's trying to build. Right, yeah. Down there. <laughs> yeah. And everybody gets in because they went and they find the ship in the ice. We didn't talk about that. Uh, yeah, they go back and they find it, the spaceship. So, and really, if you think about it, which it has doesn't really have anything to do with the movie, but you, if you think about, well, what shape were these things like when to, they to are, operate a, a spaceship? Yeah, exactly. Well, see, now that is interesting, and I. And uh, I was reading something about that, and there's like a fan theory, which I I really go with. That is, well, they probably didn't build this spaceship; they had already uh, approximated whichever race of alien did fly those ships, and they came over that way. Mm. So they had already taken over some other alien life. Oh, form. I fu- see. That's fucking interesting, dude. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? That's crazy. I mean, it makes sense, right? Because you don't see the thing as being something that's like sitting at a computer monitor being like, bleep, bleep, well, bleep. No, like, well, that's it. Is, the, yeah, the thing is more of a parasite. Like, yeah. It's a parasite that takes over like like that fucking cat virus, like that cat parasite. Like the cat. That like, like takes the cat. cat. <laughs> that takes over like the brain. Right, yeah. Of right. its host, right? Yeah. Like, and it. Okay, so here's the interesting thing then with that is so when the thing takes over your body, does it take your knowledge then? Because how does it know? Yeah, it's, to, how it does seems it know to, to build right? the ship? Right. It seems how to would it know because, that? you know, when it's impersonating the people, it still talks like them and stuff, right? So I guess it, uh, it gets your, your knowledge out of your brain. It doesn't ever, you know, these things aren't explicitly stated in the movie, but it just, I would say you have that, to make some assumptions, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say that, that that's kind of more of a, I don't know if it takes like its history or if it's just like a basic understanding of like what it is to be human. Well, you, know, do you, understand, you know what I mean? Like, because we're going to get to a scene coming up that I'm really excited to talk about, like the ending. Well, it's got to learn over time from its host because it builds a spaceship like the one that was in the ice. So mm-hmm. it has to have retain the or, memory of that. Or does it, well, it's a, does it, it's it, a crafty motherfucker. What I'm saying is, or does it take on its host, play dumb and then learn from the person who the, the people around them. 
Well, how would he know to make that? What I'm saying is, is like, um, maybe this is really stupid. Um, it takes over the, it takes over a baker, mm-hmm. right? And then it goes to like sourdoughs everywhere. It takes it, can, yeah. It's just skeeting sourdough everywhere. So then it goes to the bakery. <laughs> yeah, and acts like a baker. Right, and then watches everybody else. These are some delicious cupcakes. Make <laughs> cupcakes, mm-hmm. and then it's like, oh, that's how you make cupcakes. Right, but that's and, what I mean. It learns, and that's how it learns. I don't know if it necessarily retains. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, we don't. We don't. We know. don't know. Like, so you're telling me the thing was like at one of those alien spaceship factories, learned how to make a spaceship. <laughs> well, no, maybe then, maybe this leans more towards it being it actually did come in its own craft and it's trying to rebuild its own craft. we don't know how Maybe. we don't know like that was just a theory that it didn't make its own craft right i just I mean, liked it because i was like that makes sense like, i mean this mind. movie like this movie is not just good to watch and everything that's in it but it leaves it open for so many yeah theories, theories yeah. it's on, a world builder yeah which are always fun movies for fans right totally like, anything where you can sit there and come up with your own ideas about how it works and you know what it what it, where's it going what's it doing all this stuff but yeah uh so then at this point we got a handful of characters left and kurt russell's like let's fucking make things warm around here <laughs> like let's yeah. warm it up because uh, we're not going to make it out of here so like we might as well fucking make so sure this thing can't uh, it's go- it went and shut the power off and they're like oh he's just gonna freeze itself again and wait because like last time it waited like a hundred thousand years right in the right. ice so it can wait it can just play the waiting game and like uh, next time some people come then it'll start its shit all over again right yeah totally so and even as they start blowing up the place they've split up uh, we get Wilford Brimley grabs Gary by the cheeks and he's got his like fingers inside of his fucking face and stuff. Yeah, and he like spreads his face yeah. apart. All that shit. And yeah. then uh, all of a sudden like Nalls is gone. It's like they're they're getting picked off. And then uh, we we see the giant fucking monstrosity come out of the ground and uh, Kurt Russell throws the dynamite at it. Yeah. Uh, I love that where it's like it's like looks like part of Wilford Brimley's head, but then like the side of his head is like a weird fucking dinosaur looking <laughs> mouth or whatever, yeah. all that shit. Um, and then you have that perfect fucking ending where it's just here's McCready sitting here and Childs just appears out of the dark out of nowhere. And like, you... where were you? And he's like, I was. I, was, I thought I saw so and so. And it's like, where were you? Yeah. <laughs> what do we do? Why don't we just wait here for a little while? See what happens. And now they're just going to sit and wait. And he's like, let's just see what happens. <laughs> that and is then, awesome. And then Andy. it just goes out on the din din. You know, like, yeah. Oh, uh, man. It's, it's the best ending you could fucking hope for, I think. Totally. Just ambiguous. Yeah, that's exactly how it needed to end. I don't think, I think if everyone died or, you know, whatever, or or a helicopter comes and they go away and like, those wouldn't be good endings compared to the ending we got. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is what I'm actually kind of really excited to talk about uh, is the ending and does the thing make it out? 
Yeah. So, uh, I don't know, James, have you read anything, any theories about this? No. Dustin, have you? Uh, no, not really. Okay. So, I want to pitch, there's two theories that I read about. Okay. Um, one is that McCready is the thing. Mm-hmm. And one is that uh, Childs is the thing. Right. You, you gotta, you gotta feel like one of them is. One right? of them is the thing. Yeah, obviously, there's only two that survive. Yeah. So, so well, uh, there's no, there's no theory that neither of them is the thing. Right. Although it could be one of the dogs that ran away. Oh, did some dogs get away? Because yeah. doesn't uh, Wilfred Brimley kill all the dogs? He killed all the dogs. Did he? Didn't they run down the hallway? No. No, he yeah, killed them all. He killed them all. Oh. There's a there's a line. Clark gets really upset. And goes oh to check. right! And oh, we didn't the talk about the, sorry. We didn't talk about the bit where when they're testing the blood, Clark tries to jump McCready and he shoots and him he shoots in the him. forehead and kills him. And it turns out he was not a thing. Right? <laughs> He's so well, he shouldn't I think, have stepped. I think they wait. Step. Unfortunately, I think that what he is supposed to be is he is supposed to be like the, um, which is I think a common trope. Back in the eighties, set nineties even, but the the dim, more of a dim caregiver type, mm-hmm. right? That like, I don't know, but like he's not altogether there. But like, it's interesting that actor turned down a role in ET, right? To, to I, be in this movie, yeah, Richard. Meister. Good for fucking him. <laughs> His kid should like every day be like, "Good job, Dad." The only other thing I really remember him from that actor, uh, Richard Macer, is the TV miniseries version of It. He was in that. Um, yeah, so the theories, so there's two theories. Uh, one is that McCready is uh, the thing, like I said, in Childs. So the, the theory for McCready is, is that like he's pretty much beginning half, like halfway through the movie, like just playing everybody. Like, so when it comes to the blood test, he goes first... Because he's like trying uh, to trick. Well, he goes early. He's, he's not- trying. He's trying to trick people. Mm. Blah 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 blah. The other one is that Childs is like. I don't buy that theory, just because. Why would he then blow up the other the giant thing? So he dynamite? knows that other people are the thing as well, and he knows that he can survive in the cold. Right, but there's no one there to witness that confrontation. He's blowing up the thing by himself. It's just. I don't know. You're just telling me. You're, I'm just saying why I don't. The other I don't theory buy is it. that Childs is the is the the thing. Um, a bunch of things happen. Like he's kind of like he goes off a bit. Yeah, yeah he disappears thing. for quite he's a while. He's more suspicious because he just disappears and then comes back. Yeah. Do you guys have a theory about who you think is the thing? I mean, out of the two of them, I would say Childs. I'd say Childs. Okay. So there's there's two things that also make me think it's child's Mm. um one thing is is that i think the director of photography for the film at one point says there's a giveaway about who is a thing and who is not a thing throughout the film is that he lit it in they, they lit it in such a way where like if you look at a person you see a little glint of light reflect off their eye no really always like it's just like human beings, and to, well, I don't think it's always, but like, okay, and they just like what? So what it? they did was is that like whenever they showed a close up of a person, 
they made a little, there's a little glint of light, like reflecting off their eye. But if there's a thing, there's not, there's no glint. Mm. It's just like, so I'm going to have to watch it again now. <laughs> darkness. <laughs> Go back, watch the whole thing over again. And at the end of, end of the movie, McCready has a, has like that little shine in his eye and Childs doesn't. Okay. Well, I could buy it. Uh, I definitely feel like Childs is the one that's the thing at the end because of the reasons we just talked about. But uh, that's interesting with the eye thing. I did not know that. Hmm. Uh, and next time I watch the movie, you know, like next year, <laughs> I'll uh, have to look for that. There's other theory that uh, McCready... So there's one theory that McCready uh, is is the thing because he's like, why don't we stay here for a little bit? Mm-hmm. And they like hang out at the end and he's drinking J&B. He never actually drinks it, but he's with him. And that proves that McCready is it because he's waiting for Childs to, to freeze. Right. Right. The other theory is, is that McCready has that J&B. He never actually takes a swig of it. And what he does is he's like, why don't we hang out a bit? He gives the J&B to Childs. Oh, to Childs. And when Childs drinks it, it's actually he's gasoline. In- oh, oh, yeah? Because if there's earlier scenes where you see there's a whole bunch of like whiskey bottles. And all of them are filled with gasoline to make Molotov cocktails. So when Childs drinks the whiskey, he doesn't realize it's not whiskey. Mm. It's gasoline. And there's a little laugh that McCready gives. Yeah, and that he, there's a chuckle there. And that's when he's like, now he knows that Childs is. I think I'm I think that's maybe reading a lot into it. Like I think the chuckle is more like, Holy shit, this is what it's come to. We're just sitting here yeah. by ourselves in the snow and we're gonna die. Well, it's basically both of them are gonna die. Right. Because if you're mm. either one of them Well, we could we could say there's probably another confrontation that happens after the movie ends. Yeah, you w- there is I, um, I think that based on th- what I'm pr- what I'm proposing here is that there is more. Yeah, there would you if one of them is the thing, which we all agree that one one of them be, is, then uh, assuming the other one would would attack and kill that one, and just wait and then wait do its thing where it waits because all they want or to else do is the one who's not a thing would attack the other one, being like I gotta kill this thing so it doesn't escape from here. Right? Yeah, yeah you, you gotta think the person that's freezing to death has to be like I'm freezing to death. I'm not the thing. I have to kill this other mm-hmm. person regardless. But that's why it's just a great ending because it's just like well, let's just wait and see what happens. And of course, we don't see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So before we get to the ratings, uh, we've already kind of talked about how bad this movie did in the box office. Um, but let's just let's just run through this little tiny box office game. So this is a domestic week, uh, 1982, weekend 26. In the top 10, there are three new movies. Do you guys want to guess where the thing landed, Dustin? Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to say seven. James? Six. Okay. So from 10, let's go. We got Bambi, the 1982 re-release, re-release mm-hmm. of Bambi with uh, 2.09 million. Uh, we got Megaforce. Oh, yeah. Dustin, big yeah. Megaforce fan? I've never actually seen it, but I would like to. It's like a Hal Needham uh, directed crazy movie. So at number eight, uh, that was a 2.3 million uh, with 
at number eight, three point one million is the thing. Oh, eight even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number seven, Poltergeist. Okay, yeah. Number six, Annie. Number five, uh, Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. <laughs> number four, uh, Rocky Three. Number three, Star Fox. Do you oh. know Star Fox is, Dustin? Is that a... That's not a Clint Eastwood thing, is it? What is that for Star Fox? A pilot is sent into the Soviet Union on a mission to steal a prototype jet fighter that can be partially controlled by a neural link. Uh, I think... Starring... I think Firefox is the one I'm thinking of as a Clint Eastwood. What's... I, don't, I don't know who's in this. <laughs> I'm not looking it up. Um... So that's number three. Number two, Blade Runner. Nice. Which also, you know, was critically reviled at the time. Yeah, by the way, Megaforce, The Thing, and Blade Runner are, are all new this week. And number one, with a bullet for, I don't know how many weeks, oh, the third week in a row is E.T. Yeah. Fucking E.T. And E.T., I mean, is killing it at the box office. I mean, like... Fucking E.T. in its third week has $13.7 million, while Blade Runner in its opening week has 6.1. Right. And Blade Runner not didn't, I mean, it opened at number two or whatever, but like didn't go on to be very successful as yeah. a theatrical release. So, I mean, like... Get your ear for sci-fi, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, top 15, that it's showing me. Um, outside the top 15, we got Arthur Arthur. I don't know what that is. Uh, the Sword and the Sorcerer. Porky's. Grease 2 and Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> Porky. Dustin, this is your Canadian year for classic. <laughs> Apparently, like Carpenter was devastated when this wasn't. Yeah, because he was like, this This is fuck. I've made something really good here. Yeah. And then nobody he, liked it. Yeah. Which that's got to suck. <laughs> no shit, eh? Like. At least it, you know, at least he lived to see the appreciation that's true. it came to have. Yeah, but at the same time. But it, it changed the trajectory of his career, right? How much have we missed out because... Yeah, sure. I mean, it's hard to say how things would have gone. But if this had been a, a successful movie, we can definitely say his career would have been different than it Are was. Are you saying this is a kill Hitler situation? <laughs> like, we don't know what would have I'm just saying I want to go back in time and kick those Razzie people's ass. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's like something that's completely like non-consequential. <laughs> Like no, what, what did you choose? Oh, to go, to, what you you go gonna, back in time once. <laughs> what are you gonna do? When you, oh, I'm gonna kill Hitler. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna go beat the fucking shit out of the people who made the Razzies. <laughs> I mean, after this, we got Christine Starman, Big Trouble, Little China, Prince of Darkness. They live. I mean, I mean, did, maybe Big Trouble in Little China wouldn't have happened. Yeah, if, I mean, who knows? Yeah, so maybe that's there's, true. Let's look. Let, let's just say. Big Trouble in Little China happened because he was so despondent from yeah. this not I mean, working. Justine, I mean, I mean, he had, he was on such a fucking tear uh, for for a while there. So, regardless of whether or not people realized it, I also don't think that we need to be worried about the person who like he did fine. He did fine. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's not like he like ended it's just up on the street. Think about what, what mm. would have happened. But let's rate the movie, guys. Uh, so I picked this movie. I will go first. I gave this movie a reaction of a 10. Actually, I'm going to go through all my ratings. This is a very rare. I'm going to say plot. It's a nine. Kills are a 10. Pacing's a 10. Quotes are a nine. Reaction a 10. Overall, this movie for me is a 9.6. 
crazy. James? Um, my reaction's a 10, overall 9. Yeah, and my reaction's a 10, and overall 9.4. I mean, when you get up to this level, it's kind of like, I mean, why even go 8 or 9? I mean, you're basically 10. It's kind of, it's tough. Yeah, I mean, I guess I try to look at each individual piece and just, uh, give, it, too. And just give it what I think. I do it's too, all, but it's just yeah. But but to, what James, I agree with you, James. Like, just it's blow kind away of, the pref. Like, it's, it's kind of arbitrary. It's like, all bullshit. Th- what what we're saying is this movie is fucking amazing, and you should fucking watch yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So this movie is a nine point three, which puts it at number one <laughs> by a by a margin uh, mm. of point uh, two. Over Mad Max Fury Road. But and I'm going to put a big old halt on that <laughs> by saying that while I chose this movie and while I love this movie, I do not want this movie on our list. Yeah. Uh, and you I wanna, don't think it's an action film? Uh, I don't think so. I No. It's, yeah. It's I mean, it's really. a horror sci-fi it, thriller. I mean, sure, it, it has some action in it, but it's not it's not an action movie. Yeah, it just it, to me. Even when you compare it to something like, I don't know. Even let me just run through some of these movies. I'm looking, The Wild Bunch, The Matrix. Uh, it's just not. I mean, it, it has action, but like you've said this before, John. It's a bunch of other things before it's that, right? Yeah. So it's a horror movie. It's a science fiction movie. It's a thriller. It's a suspense. You know, like it's all these things first. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that kind of gives me a little bit of a halt which is like okay i was gonna say kiss kiss bang bang uh which is at number 18 um i feel like that's even more of an action movie than this is where there still has the tropes of you got the chase you have the shootouts you have like all that kind of stuff this movie is a horror movie first and forefront like it Mm -hmm. is it is it is get you to the next scene. It is tension. What a tease. It would have been number one. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't but, make the yeah, list. That's pretty crazy. But uh man, what a what a great what a great movie. Good good pick. Good a great movie pick. that that we should all be uh, we should like, everybody should watch this. Yeah, for God's sakes, if you haven't watched it. What the fuck are you doing? Oh, you're wasting your life, I think. <laughs> Uh, oh, you've watched Forrest Gump? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Three times, you said? Oh, oh, you watch Forrest Gump? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. You're a good person? Get the fuck out of here. Oh, no. Wait, 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 wait. Lieutenant Dan, man. What are you doing, man? What Lieutenant are you doing? Dan. Oh, oh. Ice cream, Lieutenant Dan. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what are we doing next? Well, next is a big, uh, it's the big reveal. It's the big, uh, we did the a poll, the, the, internet the pick. We did a poll, yeah. We did a poll. We did a poll after poll after poll. We did a poll. We asked people what we should do. We got 20 recommendations. Yeah, and you narrowed it down to one with votes. And it all came down to this one, The Evil Dead. The original Evil Dead. Yeah. Nice. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, should be a good time. I have not watched this movie in a long time. Like 16 years. It's a years. good time for sure. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, we will be back next week with movies. See you next week.